This is episode 18 of What's the Deal, Grosseal? The podcast that explores the people, places, history, and events that make Grosseal unique. I'm your host, Ben Fote. I just came in from clearing the driveway of eight inches of snow. I blew nearly as much off yesterday, and the day that this episode publishes, we'll be back out there doing it again. Welcome to Michigan, right? But we don't just sit back and sulk. For years now, Islanders have found a way to pretend it's summer in the bleakest of winters. I heard about what we're going to talk about today in 2016, and it's just about the most island thing we do on Grosseal. Today, we're talking about Yard Game Palooza. And in lining up that conversation, I learned that the mind behind that also has a really interesting season of fishing tournaments for islanders that run at more of an island pace. So we talk about that too. Addy Myung has brought together the chance to meet new people with the fun of backyard party games with Yard Game Palooza. Thank you for talking with me on What's the Deal, Gross Eel? You're welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me. Appreciate, uh, appreciate your investment and time and our unique community. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I appreciate that. So let's start. What is Yard Game Palooza? So, hey, before we jump into that, can I go a bit rogue on you and make oh, a couple macro level comments? You absolutely can. All right. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> no, I just, I wanted to uh, maybe set the stage or table for, you know, the big picture on these events because, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about yard game Palooza, yard game leagues and fishing clubs today, things I've hosted for five years. Sure. But whether, whether it's these type of, you know, social community activities or restaurant or salon ventures, it's all been rooted from a common inspiration. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the time you and I have each, you know, spent, you know, moving to Grozeal from other places. Well, when I moved to Grozeal eight years ago, I lived in Ann Arbor for 15 years and I quickly became aware of a perception. And while I'm not big on caring about what others think, because, hey, I'm the guy that's known for driving a 13-year-old car with 150,000 miles and several basketball-sized dents on the side. (laughs) But the fact is, you know, perception is a form of reality, right? Sure. And the perception, and I don't know if you encountered anything similar, but the perception, the first thing I would hear is, why are you moving to Grozeal? You know, there's nothing really to do there. You know, yeah, great if you're a boater or golfer, but that's only a handful of months out of the year. So I I guess it's a good lead into our topics today. Because sure. I do believe, I believe in the cliche that you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution and that there's not much of a middle ground. You know, I took these passions of the art games and fishing, which it wasn't in part of the plan, but in hindsight, they became dedications of sorts to my late grandfathers who spent much of their lives, you know, sharing these things with their friends and the family. So sure. I guess, you know, I just wanted to set the table. You know, I, I personally, you know, wanted to help this perception and, and work on creating events that I would want to participate in, you know, somebody who moved to Grozeal eight years ago. You know, I resonate with that so well. That's, that's really part of the reason for the podcast is that there are a lot of perceptions from people outside of Grozeal about what we as a community are. And I hope that the podcast is able to reveal some of the depth that we've got beyond just what people see maybe in the news or in chance encounters. And uh, I think a lot of a lot of what we've got on the island is is uh, sort of under the surface, and definitely the the yard games, and then this the the fishing that you've conducted. I'm I'm still blown away by it. The more I'm learning about it, the more the more I'm encouraged by it. So, thank you so much. 
Well, you're absolutely right, because just as we were talking here in the beginning, uh, I learned about a farmer's market at Westcroft. You know, I didn't, I didn't know about that. So that's, <laughs> sure. why it's, that's why it's important. It's why it's important. And uh, that's, that's why right. I jumped at the chance to be on here. So thank you. So that sets the scene then. So Yard Game Palooza, when I think of yard games, I think back to my childhood and we had jarts, right? And uh, maybe at my, my parents' house, we'd have what we called in Western Ohio at the time, bean bags. Yeah, yeah, you'll hear it called bags or cornhole, or oh, I, 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 I agree. I agree with you. Uh, when I when I grew up, we called it bean bags. That was the, that was the family <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. So that's the core of of yard game palooza. Yeah, yeah. So yard game palooza or YGP. You know, it's it's a pop up social event, definitely with a competitive flair. It takes place at the south end of the island on Grow Road. Uh, the facility used to be known as the GI Tennis Center, which is now Island Athletics. Sure. So it's, yeah, it's the yard games, uh, you know, cornhole, falling, can jam, beers, be leaving somebody out here. Ladder toss, I think another mm. good old fashioned game, yeah. um, music, it's an indoor, it's an indoor getaway during wintertime for socialization and just having a good time. So we just started our adult leagues that'll run through April. And then, you know, a few years ago, IGP also included uh, family nights, team takeover events and birthday parties. So yeah, a lot going on with that. And the new the new ownership group at Island Athletics is now doing birthday parties again. And I just have been talking to them the last few weeks and they're interested in bringing back the ideas of the family and team nights as well. And, and I believe to be looking for somebody uh, to help manage those. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those, uh, so I, I think that's something exciting for the community, especially, you know, we got the bridge closure. There's been a lot of things, you know, put on hold, but yeah, we, you know, that would include you know, Nerf battles, laser tag, those, you know, those large like bubble balls or hamster balls where the kids, kids would climb in them and they're big enough. You and I, you know, adults can get in them as well, but I don't know. Yeah. We're too easy to break some bones or whatever for us, but yeah, <laughs> lip sync contest, trivia, but yeah, plenty, plenty of things, good activities for teenagers and families alike. Sure. And and you mentioned season, the season just started here recently and goes through April, but how many seasons do you have? Do you do one in the fall then too? Yeah, so so this is our fifth year, and we typically just have one season running from November to March. But okay. because of because of COVID, we've had to limit our capacity at the facility, and it's been moved to Sunday evenings. So we just kicked off in January, and we'll run it through April. But there will be um, there will be a new season. You know, knock on wood that we can start again in this fall. It's probably usually November is our start time. Well, that's excellent. How much does it cost? So it's $75 per person. I usually sign up as a two-person team, but don't mind playing uh, matchmaker a little bit. If somebody wants to sign up and then we can line them up, we have men's division and co-ed division and we've trialed. We've had some mixed results, but we've done a, just a following only league as well just to, to be able to get extra people in. So yeah, we have uh, six events and uh, we do prizes nightly and at the end of the season as well. And I know for me, foaling was was something new when we moved to Detroit. So so that's football bowling, right? Yep, just knocking down. Uh, you're about forty feet away or so from your opponent's bowling pins, and you're trying to knock them over with football. Very simple, but uh, but a lot harder than it was. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's not normally the the direction you're wanting to throw a football down at the ground. No, not a- <laughs> no, not exactly. And sometimes the worst, you know, sometimes the uh, the tight spiral quarterback throws really aren't the most successful. It's those wobblers and bouncing all around that happen to uh, cause a lot of havoc on your opponent. So yeah, Detroit <laughs> and Hamtramck are the uh, it's the birth 
place of following as, uh, as far as I understand. So that's, yeah, we're, that's what we're I proud hear. to proud to own that here. Excellent. You talked about the team. So two member teams, and I would imagine a lot of those, especially on the, on the mixed are couples, but are there other, other ways people form teams? Yeah. So you'll have couples and you'll actually have couples use it as a good night out and uh, decide to be partner where, you know, the, the husband's partner up and the, uh, the wives or significant others partner up and use it as a good night out, but hanging out. So yeah, with the, you get, um, you know, people playing with their buddies, playing with their significant okay. others. Um, yeah. yeah, we, yeah, you get to, you get to come with, uh, we've done some events uh, in the past where more like summer home events where you would draw a random draw partner, but in these ones you, you bring your partner and there's a lot of, a lot of ways you can do it. So. Excellent. Excellent. And, and so you mentioned the parties, have you done any home events? Do you, do you take it on the road at all? So this summer, um, because, you know, people were looking for something to do. We had our first ever home party. I hosted it in my front yard, actually. <laughs> sure. So we haven't, hasn't been really a road show, the, you know, even for 20 people. So we, we, uh, we dubbed this one, the 2020 Island beer Olympics, you know, without the actual Olympics uh, being yeah. held. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a, it was a long, hot August day for us wannabe athletes, but yeah, so we, we did one of those. It's just the, um, you know, we have, uh, I have used the equipment and rented or rented it out to others to have the events. But once you get past 12, 16 participants, it actually is a lot of, there's a lot of equipment to be moved around, especially when you talk about those bowling pins and the boards oh, and sure. things for, for the following, the popular following. Well, you know, from this, there, there may be somebody wants, that wants to get you out for a corporate event and that might be, that might be worth it. Well, there you go. Well, uh, we're we're open. We're open to anything. There's, I like uh, new ideas, so always willing to discuss them. Oh, that's for sure. So, what is your favorite game to play? Then mm, that's a tough question. I feel like the games are almost like my children, and that I love them all. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you force me to choose, and that's the games, not my children. But I, I'd have to say I'm going to punt a little bit and say it's the the newer age games to have a flare of both offense and defense like Foley and Beersby or ones that where your teammates really have to work together like Can Jam. Okay. Uh, I really, I favor these because, you know, you compare those to the traditional games like cornhole or ladder toss, where if you just have a one ringer on the team that can really dominate the whole game, the, these other ones, you really have to have two teammates that work well together. So I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to give an edge to those games. Um, and because it is newer, if you made me put, pick just one, I've yeah. been, been a fan of following for a while. I'm sure something new will come out and sure it'll be something we'll add to the list, but I'd have to go with following. Well, and you certainly have a different perspective because you get to, you're watching probably more than you're playing. Yeah, I like the games that are easy to officiate um, and to score. <laughs> so you're right; that is uh, that is part of it as well. Foley is very yeah. Foley would yeah. be the best for that. Absolutely, we don't even need a scoreboard. The pins the pins are the scoreboard. So so speaking of officiating, so what happens if there's a fight? Do you have a do you have a box? Uh, we is get there a penalty out the, box or anything? Uh, we get out the UFC cages and let them duke it out, or get out those bubble hamster balls and let them uh, crash until they knock out the other one. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I imagine let... there are too many fights. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's a good time out where everyone's just looking to socialize, but we we take it seriously. So, no, I've had to have a couple uh, situations where we we go to the rule book, right? We have to. I, I always tell people, hey, if both teams agree on a set of rules, you know, feel free to. But if you ask me to jump in and to uh, 
be a referee, I'm going to go to the official, the official rules. They're actually Grandpa Young's, they're actually Grandpa Young's rules. So we, okay. we go to Grandpa Young's official rule. So there aren't any standards organizations for these? No commissioners? Well, there are, but, um, you know, I guess one of the beauties of these is I get to, to, to do the rules that I like. So, so you're the commissioner. I, I'm the game. I'm the game warden, so we use we use the game warden's rules. But well, I do consult. I do consult with the officiating bodies out there to make sure we're putting the best rules out there. Oh, that's great. Well, you mentioned game warden, and when we started talking about talking about the yard games, you mentioned that you do fishing tournaments, and that was something I, I had not heard of. I, I'd heard that some of the clubs have their fishing tournaments. Of course, there's the walleye tournaments that happen on the other side of the river. But tell me about your fishing tournaments. Yeah, so we're starting our uh, sixth season of the Big Fish Derby, and we'll likely be kicking it off in April. Uh, the simple explanation is it's the fishing version of golf or bowling league. We have eight events from spring to fall, and the goal is simply to catch the longest fish each event of the targeted species. So, so I've fished a lot of the you know more competitive hardcore tournaments in the past where they're eight-hour days and you're up at 4 a.m. and there's... Uh, 150 200 people at the boat ramps and and those are definitely have their place but this is this is much more low-key it's kind of for those with a with a family you know heavy work and family schedule or maybe kids activities kind of uh, dominate the calendar and this gives a chance to go out for you know usually it's a three or four hour event on a friday night or a saturday or sunday morning so it's pretty um pretty low key in that, you know, we do like to be a little competitive and have our bragging rights, but, you know, we even have some booby prizes for catching the event's smallest fish or catching the wrong species. So we, we ha- definitely have some fun with that. Where do they center around? Do, is there a general starting spot or do you start wherever you're at? Yeah. So a difference between this and, uh, you know, some of those bigger tournaments you're thinking like out of Elizabeth Park or, uh, you know, like Erie Metro is, you know, we have a time, you know, like, so a Friday night, maybe it's 530 to 30 PM and, you know, folks live on different parts of the island or, or downriver. We have, we have folks that come from a good distance away. I think last year, uh, both Farmington and Fenton, we had boats, uh, or participant participants coming to fish with their friends or and relatives here so you know it's a time rather than like a big blast off it's a time frame on the river um which we have some boundaries okay. at the lower end of the river you know because there's definitely different sized boats but yeah we uh right. you know we're usually basically middle to lower end of the river we leave lake erie off limits so nobody's you know this is is 50 dollars to fish for the whole the whole season so okay. we don't want anyone breaking anyone breaking their boat or venturing too far out for uh for for what this is so it's it's low risk it is low risk um but it's it's had great uh it's had a great following over the years uh last year obviously with covid made it a little more challenging but you know we've had our annual highlight uh actually started off as a bit of an afterthought but this has really grown to be one of the most anticipated events of our season as we have a kids event Um, after our participants fish in the morning they can take their kids out and then the kids have their own competition and we follow it up with a barbecue, the significant others um, join up and, you know, ice cream prizes and music. And the first four years, this was held at Albemarle Boat Club okay. um, over Memorial Day weekend. And I believe in year four, it was, we had uh, over 80 kids out fishing and, you know, in terms of uh, medals and prizes and ice cream, I remember there was a lot, a lot going on, but it was great to get all those kids out on the river and fishing um, and this past year, we had to adjust that with 
you know, the COVID situation, we moved it to Labor Day and had to do more of a, a low-key Sugar Island beach hangout and treats for the kids. But we still got all the kids that wanted to get out, you know, fishing. So, yeah, that that was kind of an unintended thing, but it really is a, a, a low-key family-focused event. And it's a lot of fun to see all those kids smiling. How do we find out about it? How do we get on the schedule? How do we get registered? Yeah, so the schedule usually comes out in March. Um, you know, I hate that we have to talk about COVID and all these discussions, but last year, right, as we were kicking this off, we actually had executive orders and sure. um, we couldn't even get the boats out on the river. So we, uh, you know, we had to postpone postpone a month. But, you know, this has really been a grassroots word of mouth endeavor. And, you know, we can post, I think, you know, this is the first time really have done any, you know, interviews or anything to really, you know, formalize information. But I think we could... Yeah. Uh, you know, post a link in this podcast and I can field additional questions and for those that want to register and join. We're, you know, we're always, it's an easygoing group and it, all are welcome. So we'll, we'll get that definitely posted in the episode notes there. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm amazed by this. I, I bought my kids uh, fishing poles. We were coming back from, uh, from Frankenmuth last summer. We went mm-hmm. out after the 4th of July, most empty I've ever seen Frankenmuth. And I've been there in the first week of March. It was really dead. But we came back, we stopped at Bass Pro and got them a couple fishing rods and they've been, they've been uh, casting into the pool out back to, to practice, but <laughs> we don't, we don't have a boat. As I told the guys at Elbamar, I want to have friends that have boats, <laughs> but I also wanted friends that had pools and I ended up with the pool. So, so, uh, <laughs> but, but so we haven't been out fishing with the kids and we haven't really found a good spot to fish. So for those of us who, who aren't quite up to speed on the fishing culture, what do you suggest is the best fishing experience around the islands? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, first of all, it sounds like, you know, I have the boat, you have the pool. It sounds <laughs> like we should be making a, a trade-off there. But yeah, I, you know, I get that, right? You always want you always want the friends with the uh, pools, the cottages, and boats, right? Yeah, and, and, sure and you, <laughs> for everybody else, our, we, have, we have kids in the same grades, so... Yeah, it, it just kind of worked out that way. Perfect. So, no, this is arguably the best freshwater uh, fishery in the country and who knows, maybe even the world. And, you know, so what I'd recommend is, you know, outside of just coming over and jumping and, and jumping on the boat together, which that's an yeah. option too. But for, for the listeners, I'd say, you know, the the best time is in late May and early June, there's this, uh, there's the silver or white bass run. And, you know, maybe you've witnessed this in the past or people, you know, see all the boats in the river or people staying at piers, but, you know, you can catch these silver bass about at any dock or park or anywhere there's some current uh, and they'll bite about on every lure. My kid's favorite is the trusty spoon, either yeah. uh, flashy silver or bright colors. So that's, I'd say, you know, for starters, somebody that's just getting that fishing pole, you know, these, these fish are plentiful. They're, they're fun to catch. You actually get to the point where you can actually get tired of catching so many. Um, you know, we've actually had records of, you know, going out off the end of the dock and in like 10 casts, like, you know, eight or nine of the casts, you, you, you catch one. It's just, it's really crazy. It's quite the phenomenon. And, uh, so that, that'd be one recommendation. The other I'd have is, you know, we talked about uh, before, you know, all those, uh, boats and cars we'd see lined up at elizabeth park and erie metro but you know we have we have the most sought after walleye and perch run in the detroit river and lake erie from march to may and uh, it's best really to fish from a boat and i don't know the exact stats but i i'd imagine it's got to be one out of every five island households owns at least one boat you know i know <laughs> a lot of way, yeah. two or three 
So I'd say, you know what, there's about a thousand boats on Grozeal. So ask a friend or neighbor to take you out for a few hours and I think you'll be happy you get given it a try. So I know there's people that post on different forums, but yeah, I'd, I'd sure. definitely in the spring, the best time to uh, try out those new fishing poles is, you know, April, May, and June, you know, so give it a try. Well, I think, I think we're ready. Well, I'll tell you, this has been a pleasure. I'm, I'm so excited about getting to share this with everybody. For me, the fishing is, is just, uh, something I, I did not expect to run into without looking hard for it. So this is really great. Now, the thing that everybody gets at the end of our interview is, is the question, a wish for Grosiel. So if you could have a wish granted for Grosiel, what would it be? Well, that's a good question, right? And so I've listened to the other podcasts, so I came uh, prepared and studied up a little bit yeah. and, I'm going to go with a wish that's tied to the, uh, the inspirations that we discussed. Sounds like we have a, a shared inspiration and motivation here. And I, and I believe this to be started in motion, which also ironically has been helped out by, you know, the bridge closure and COVID. But, but my wish is that the activities and organizations and business offerings on Grozeal rival and actually outperform the offerings of surrounding communities and, you know, mirror other high-performing cities and townships. And I believe the 2019 statistic is that Grozeal residents spend over $170 million a year off island on products and services that we have available on our island. So, I, you know, my wish is to see this number heavily reduced next time that we have one of these studies conducted. So I, I think we're well on our way. I think it takes the collaboration and trust of the residents, the businesses, the township government officials. Sure. And I think there's evidence that this is happening and achievable. So I don't know if that's a good wish or more of our uh, mission statement here, oh, but I, uh, that's that's what I'm going with. I think they should be one and the same. So, yeah. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your projects with us today, Adam. I appreciate you and the risks you're taking on our community. And I I want you to know your contributions are making Grosiel an even more special place. Thanks, Ben. I really appreciate it. And the same to you. You know, you've invested a lot of time. Um, you know, you could uh, you could be out uh, fishing in the pool. You could be uh, <laughs> running today. running the, the bakery mobile truck. Yeah, you could be doing a lot of other things. So I appreciate I appreciate that you're uh, you've invested in being part of the solutions. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Adam. Those are some really special ways to bring our neighbors together. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering right now if we're ever going to get out from underneath all this snow, or maybe they're ready for you to start the season with ice fishing this year. Well, I hope you enjoyed the double feature last week. Episode 17 was a real treat. Gregory A. Fournier just told me today that he's been offered dinner at Sibley Gardens the next time he's in town. And it's always a pleasure to share what you think, like I did in the Valentine's Day bonus episode. Give it a listen if you haven't already. It's short and really timeless. In my own notes, I want to thank Marie and her folks at Grosiel Pet and Garden Center and the vets and staff at the Island Animal Clinic. We had a sick cat over the weekend. Marie had his favorite treats and some things that we could try to keep him going, and the clinic was quick with getting him assessed and very sympathetic when we had to let him go. It's been a long year so far, and I have some new things taking off. Because of that, I'm going to take a week off and be back on March 4th with episode 19. Stay safe and warm and catch up on the socials. What's the Deal Gross Eel is recorded and produced by me, Ben Fote. You can keep in touch with me through the What's the Deal Gross Eel Facebook page or email me at whatsthedealgi at gmail.com. 
You can share episodes from Facebook or hear them from the website, whatsthedealgi.com. And of course, it never hurts to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes through your favorite podcast delivery tool, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and so many others. Our intro and credit music is Mocktails in the Rain by Anti Ludo, which is used through a Creative Commons license. Find more of his music on soundclick.com as Anti's Instrumentals. Thanks for listening to What's the Deal, Grosiel? <laughs>